Startup failures, successes, and learning from all over the world. Welcome to a new episode of the International Entrepreneurs Podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of the International Entrepreneurs Podcast. Last month, I attended the Saster Conference in Silicon Valley, probably one of the biggest conferences about SaaS and the cloud. Their claim is where the cloud meets. Over this three-day conference, I attended a couple of sessions and I would like to share the biggest learnings and key takeaways that I got from this Saster Annual 2019. Let's get started. The first session that I attended was the five questions CEOs struggle with. And there, a former CEO and Silicon Valley veteran, I would say, sort of talked about the five questions that he as a CEO was always asking himself. And they stuck well with me because I think these five questions are really a good guide or a good driver how to run your startup or how to run your business, basically. So the first question is, when do I next raise money? Basically, when, how much, and from whom? These are the questions that you have to ask yourself there. He suggests that you should go in two-year cycles so that you have enough runway to keep operations up and running for two years without the need of any additional funding. Then the second question that he was always asking himself is, do I have the right team? So does each individual bring or take energy is basically the question here. If you have people that take away a lot of energy, you have to get rid of them. And you also should be looking forward to meeting with, like to meeting with the team or to meet with the people that you're working together. And uh, that's basically the team part. Third question that he was always asking himself, how can I better manage the board? It's very important to get them working for you. So you should not be the one working for your board, but you should set up your board the way that they start working for you, open doors and do sales for you ideally. So think about how you can do a better job there. Fourth question, should I worry about competitors? So here he basically says, it's not a perspective of Am I vision driven? Am I competitor driven or am I customer driven? You should take into account all three of these perspectives. Speak like you're vision driven to motivate people. Create a culture that is customer driven to ensure that the people that work for you and for your customers at the end, uh, put them first and set goals and make strategy like you're competitor driven to be very ambitious, but like shoot for, for the big goals basically. You need all three of them. And the last question that he asked was, are we focused enough? The answer to that is probably always no. And it's also important to note here, vision does not equal strategy, he basically said. So keep the vision in sight, but make a very good and strong execution plan to ensure um, that you're having the right focus there. That was the first session. Um, There were many other great sessions during the days. The second one I would like to highlight was a fireside chat with the former Qualtrics co-founder and CEO. And he just sold his company to SAP for $9 billion. That's crazy. Just some key takeaways from this talk is basically what he said. They started with very low external funding and bootstrapped for a long time. So that sort of 
gave them a very strong position because they could grow organically without any external funding. That gave them a strong position to have about 45% equity while doing the exit for 9 billion. And that's, that's just crazy. He says that you should prepare to go public and build a company to do exactly that, to go public, to IPO, because that's the only way that you can basically control and influence to a certain degree. You might get acquired along the way, but IPO should be the start to shoot for, basically. And he also mentioned that your cap table is your biggest asset as a company. Don't mess that up. I think that's something that especially early stage companies don't understand well enough. And one last point that he also mentioned was negative churn leads to compound interest, sort of. So if you have negative churn, meaning that with your existing customers, you can set them up that they refer you to other clients or that they upsell, you win more business than you actually lose, that equals negative churn. You sort of have an unstoppable machine that is growing on itself without the need of doing additional sales. Of course, you still want to do additional sales in that regard because then it gets even more powerful, but this is sort of like a compound interest um, that you can have and make an unstoppable machine. Another very cool session was from Bessemer Ventures um, where they were talking about how to build a great company and they sort of identified a grid score basically a score to determine how great your company is doing. What you have to take into account there is the first measurement is your ARR, how much revenue do you have annually recurring. And the second thing that they looked at is the retention rates, depending on the market that you are working in. Then third criteria is the bank, uh, the cash in the bank. And the fourth is the targeted spend, meaning how efficient do you use your money that you have? And you measure that with the net new ARR divided by the net burn, and that equals your efficiency. And all of that combined together gives you sort of a grid score, uh, also with your year over year growth. And once you have that, you can basically determine whether you're a good, a better, or one of the best companies uh, from their perspective. You can go to bvp.com slash state of the cloud 2019 you can also google that there you can find all the slides about this grid score and how you can calculate it i found this pretty interesting because it's very data metric driven and gives you a short overview and a clear overview where you stand and where you might have to to get better to go into the bigger league then basically um, just one takeaway from fireside chat with enrique from brex He's a young Brazilian entrepreneur who scaled up his latest company valuation-wise from zero to $1 billion in two years. So basically built a unicorn in two years. And one thing that I took away from this session was basically the CEO's job is doing what you're great at and hiring well for the rest. And I think this is a very powerful statement about what the job of a startup CEO actually is. And therefore, self-awareness is very important there. Understand where your strengths are, leverage them, hire and delegate for the rest to build a strong team in order to have a very successful company. So yeah, start asking yourself, where are my strengths and where do you fall short? Where should you hire someone else? Then basically, there was also Aaron Ross uh, there. He's the author, together with the organizer of the event, Jason Lemkin, 
of a very great book that I can highly recommend from impossible to inevitable. It's mainly about how to set up your sales team, how to build a good company. And one thing that he emphasized one more time is that people do not do enough interviews. So you should do more customer interviews to really understand your clients, your targeted groups, to nail a niche and understand where you specialize, where you focus. So go out, do these customer interviews, at least 10 of them. What he also said is that for having salespeople closing deals, you should have an, a minimum deal size amount. You don't make money on the small accounts, basically, and this will keep uh, your focus far, far away from where it should be, and you waste a lot of time. So you should have a minimal, minimum deal size uh, that you do want to close. And all deals below that are not closed, are not focused on, are not compensated. You just don't care about them because you need to have a very good focus in order for your metrics to make sense and for, yeah, for basically building a successful company that can also make some money. Then there was also a very cool session with Michael Seibel from Y Combinator. He basically mentioned his top 10 learnings from failure. I do not want to go through all of them, but one thing that he basically said regarding hiring people was if someone is not an essential employee after three months, meaning you would really like go home at night and start crying in your bed if that person left the company, you probably made a wrong hire. And this is especially important in the early days. He suggests that you keep your team as small and as lean as possible in order to hack your way around and find something that works. And once you've found something that works, you can then hire more people and scale it up. But you need to get there first before you hire more people and increase your burn rate. And then the last session that I want to talk about is there was a very cool sort of a workshop. The topic was bootstrap or race. And there was a cool female uh, founder and CEO of a, of a gaming company. And she basically, she has done both of them with the same company. First, they bootstrapped everything to 10 million revenue. Then they got investors on board. Um, a bit later on, they got rid of them. They bought them out. And now they are basically a bootstrap company, profitable several millions in revenue. And they do pretty well. And basically what she says is that bootstrapping becomes more and more attractive. There might be a next crash coming up financial market wise, then the money gets cheaper and it will be harder to get financing in that market environment. I don't know when that will happen, but certainly at a certain point in time, it will happen that you should really think about if there's not a way how you can bootstrap your business. Because I also personally think that this is something, first of all, the Olymp of entrepreneurship, building something great, sustainable and profitable with the least resources possible. If you can do that, that's a very, very strong signal that you really know what you're doing and that you're really successful. But also due to the market conditions that might change, which is not the case at this moment because money is as cheap as, as never, basically. But I think in, in the future, bootstrapping might really become a trend that it's, you know, this sort of as entrepreneurship becomes a trend right now to have your company um, a lot of lifestyle businesses also um, to, to really think about how you can bootstrap your business. And I think bootstrap businesses will become more relevant in the future. Um, also, because if you get investors on board, you also sign up 
for a lot more pressure because you have to sell, you have to IPO because they need their return uh, on the investment. And if you bootstrap, you call your own shots, you might be moving slower, but it also has a lot of advantages and of course also some disadvantages. If you would like to know more about this topic, I really like to talk about that. I think it's a very cool topic, bootstrapping or fundraising that a lot of entrepreneurs face or think about. If you should ever want to talk about that, have questions or feedback, uh, either leave a comment on my website or on social media or shoot me an email. I'm happy for a chat. And in that regard, that was it for this episode. Have a great day, lots of success, and see you in the next episode. Bye-bye.